The Florida Gators play football again tomorrow against the Arkansas Razorbacks, and we're going to talk about what the Gators need to do in order to win this game here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports, Giants country, NFL 33. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Don't forget to join subtext links in the description below two weeks free, and then $5 per month following that if you choose to keep it. There's no commitment or anything like that, but the link is in the description below. But now we're talking about what the Florida Gators can do in order to beat the Arkansas Razorbacks. And and I feel like this is one of those games where a lot of Florida Gators fans are looking at Arkansas's record and they're going, oh, two and six, easy dub. Uh, No, that's not the case at all. Arkansas is a two and six team that like I've said multiple times on this show, they've got six losses. A lot of them were really close. They've still got a point differential of like plus 30 right now. This is not a team that loses big at all. This is a team that has been in every single game except the Texas A&M one. And they've played Alabama. They've played LSU. They, They haven't played a cupcake schedule throughout the entire year. And they're losing those games bad. No, they're scraping here. And coming off an offensive coordinator change, things could happen. I've said it before. Every time that an NFL team fires their head coach, almost every time an NFL team fires their head coach, I bet that team to win their next game. I did not do it with the Raiders this week because, well, fired your head coach, your GM, your offensive coordinator, promoted a guy who's never called plays before to OC, and starting a rookie quarterback. So Raiders, I'm, I'm not taking your money line. I am taking Giants. But back to college football, I think for Florida, your defense has been demolished by the big play this year. I've said, I don't think this defense is that bad when you look at a play-by-play basis or a play-to-play basis. It's just that there's these chunk plays that just come and bite you consistently. That's the part that really sucks. And Arkansas does not have an explosive offense at all. They rank 112th in the nation in plays of 20-plus yards. Just for, uh, I I guess, to give you a better sense of of how far down that is, Florida's 59th. And so if you don't think Florida's offense has been incredibly dynamic, Arkansas is twice as bad as they are ranking-wise. So Arkansas's offense is not incredibly dynamic. Their offensive line is straight up bad. KJ Jefferson, very talented, probably going to create some plays, probably going to get hit in the backfield a few times. If you're not familiar with what Arkansas does and what KJ Jefferson does, he's probably going to get hit in the backfield quite a few times and stay up. That's what KJ Jefferson does. He is very difficult to bring down Uh, in the pocket or as far as taking hits and standing up he's reminiscent of Cam Newton, Anthony Richardson. Like he takes a lot of hits 
and he could stay on his feet. He's a big dude. Uh, they maybe have Rocket Sanders back. We haven't got official confirmation from that yet. But if he is back, adds another dynamic piece to this offense and, and makes them a bit more threatening. But again, for me, I think the biggest thing with what that Arkansas offense is going to look like is what offensive coordinator change has to do for them. Uh, you can be more aggressive with the reins. You can go, you know what? Screw it. I've been given my chance now to call plays. We have not had explosive plays on offense this year. We have not scored many points on offense this year. Last game that Arkansas played in, they scored three against Mississippi State in Arkansas. So, yeah, they haven't been very good. So maybe he just comes out and he's like, screw it. We're going to take some shots. We're going to be really aggressive. And this is a defense where we can find those shots. We can do that. Can't let that happen. Maybe he's going to be more conservative. Maybe he's like, you know what, let's just let's just move the ball consistently downfield and, and make some plays there. And if they're going to do that, then trust your guys to make the stops there. But you need to force them to earn every yard. This isn't just like, oh, well, you know, you can't have those big back-breaking plays against an offense. Like, like you can't give up a big passing play to Georgia, can't give up a big passing play to LSU. This isn't that same situation. This is this is an Arkansas offense that has been horrid this year. They have not created explosive plays. Like I said, they ranked 12th in the nation in plays of 20-plus yards. They have not been good. They have not been consistent. I mean, they've been consistently bad, but that's about it. This is an offense where if you just give them those plays, you might as well just give them the game because this is not a team that's going to create it themselves. We look at, I know that in, in the Lockdown Gators Discord, which the link's in the description for that, yesterday, uh, people were talking about, or two days ago, two days ago, people were talking about this Arkansas offensive line being bad, and someone said, well, we should be able to pressure, we should be able to get pressure with, with a light breeze or a gentle breeze or something like that. Um, and I'm sorry, guys, I forgot who said it, but they said that, and then someone said, well, look at the South Carolina game. South Carolina game, they generated a lot of pressure. Florida had 24 pressures when South Carolina only dropped back 36 times. If you can generate pressure on two-thirds of passing plays, you're going to be comfortable with that, right? The issue is you got to finish those plays, and it's really hard to finish plays when there's people wide open downfield immediately. And like I've mentioned before, like we watched the South Carolina game, you see both sides of it. You see immediate pressure. Spencer Rattler throws it up and there's someone wide open. You see immediate pressure. Spencer Rattler throws it up and there's someone covered. But he just makes the catch anyway because Florida's DBs are not ball hawks. They are not aggressive. They are not playmakers right now. And I, I hate coming off like that. Like I don't want to come off as if I'm saying they're bad. I, I don't think that all of them are bad. I think some are. But I think that it just goes to show, and, and I said this when we did the crossover yesterday with John Neighbors of Locked On Razorbacks, you are who you consistently show you are. And for Florida's DBs, you have consistently shown that you are not going to make a play on the ball. You have consistently shown that even when pressure does get there, you are not going to be blanketing your guy long enough. And pressure, as quick as they do get there, sometimes they go ghost. And again, against an Arkansas offensive line, you should be able to find success. 
we'll see what, what really happens when it comes time for game time because we know Jamar James is out for the year. That's going to hurt Florida's defense. We know that Cam Jackson is listed as questionable. We'll see. I'm assuming he's going to play, but we'll see how healthy he is. Tyreek Sapp is listed as questionable. I'm assuming he's going to play, but we'll see how healthy he is come game time. So I think that, and again, not that either of those guys have been superstars uh, as pass rushers, but again, this is an Arkansas offensive line where you should be able to find that success. So it's pressure. You should be able to get there. DBs, KJ Jefferson is a type where he's going to take hits and he's going to let it fly after the hit. He's going to see pressure coming in. He might just chuck it up there. You have to be able to, I don't think, like, I don't even need you to get a pick. I'm not asking, I'm not asking that. I'm just asking you to not give up huge completions. That's what I want. I'm not sitting here like, oh, we need, we need four picks a game. I understand picks would be nice. I will live with force and completions. That's not an issue for me. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying we're about to talk about the offense because I do think that the Arkansas secondary is an area that Florida can attack. Before we talk about that though, I do need to tell you guys about game time because if you can't tell the background behind me is not my usual background. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're listening, hi, it's not my usual background because I am in Gainesville. I am going to be there for the Arkansas game. I'm going to be at the Florida Victorious event tonight too, but I'm here because of game time. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. I bought these tickets on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure it was Tuesday. It was Monday or Tuesday. Well, these tickets earlier this week for this. I got section 21, row two. If you're a listener, thank you. If you gave me your seats, thank you. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Yeah, download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Remember that Game Time is last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hey guys, do you ever have trouble? performing are you ever out with your partner and you just feel like you can't get the job done maybe it's that you're in a new setting does it get worse when there's lots of people around is it especially bad with guacamole i think it is i'm talking about weak chips the ones that can't handle a single scoop of guac well here at zach's mighty tortilla chips we understand the pain of trying to dip with weak tortilla chips nobody Wants to go soft on the guac. And unlike other chips, Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are literally built to dip. My favorite thing about them is that they're made the old-fashioned way by cutting actual tortillas. Like, actual tortillas. Beautiful. They're sturdy and delicious. And like I've said, like, like genuinely, that's a thing for me where if I can get them the old-fashioned way, I love it. I absolutely love it. Head on over to Publix, where I now have access to. Grab a bag of Zach's Mighty and scoop that guac like the stud that you are. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you in the podcast. And like I said, I think that the secondary is an area that the Florida Gators can attack for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And this is not one of those times where I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you Arkansas secondary is bad. I don't think they're amazing, but I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're bad because that would be a lot. However, and I said this on the crossover, I think this is just one of those times 
where it's just a good matchup schematically for Florida. And that's not a common thing for Florida because Florida's offense, they're pretty damn good at beating man coverage. And I think that Florida's approach offensively is to try to force the opposition to play man coverage, be a bit more aggressive, and then attack them throwing the ball. But that hasn't been the case because, one, you can't run the ball consistently enough to get them to be like, all right, we need to, we need to turn up the intensity. Um, and two, your offensive line is just generally bad enough where teams don't have to blitz to generate pressure on you. So why would they? But this game, I think, not, not the game necessarily, but I think that the Florida passing attack versus Arkansas pass defense is kind of similar to the South Carolina game. South Carolina went way more aggressive than I think than I think Arkansas will. And I think part of that is Arkansas having a new offensive coordinator, give him a little bit of help by not being super aggressive defensively and, and leading to potential busted coverages and big plays. I also just think that Arkansas, I think they're smart enough to look at what happened with the South Carolina game and they're going to go, okay, they can handle man blitzes. They, they can beat that relatively consistently. So I'm expecting a, a, a few man blitzes, a few cover zero, but I, I'm expecting mostly cover one from Arkansas here. Um, I think that, that that's something that they're going to look to do, probably cover three a bit so that you can show the same shell and attack that way. But I'm looking for a bit of cover one. And if you don't know what cover one is, cover one is the uh, is when you play man coverage across the board underneath, one safety deep over the top. So then you have, you're usually rushing four in that time. Then you've got a, a middle linebacker as a hook defender, blitzing, QB spy, which you're not going to see against Florida. But you've got a little bit of wiggle room there. If I'm Arkansas, I'm probably keeping him underneath. I'm probably keeping him in that little robber role. I'm going to say, okay, corners, you do your job on the outside. Nickel, you do your job. One of the safeties, you do your job in man coverage. One of the linebackers in man coverage. Got a deep safety over the top there. Watch that deep ball. They're not going to send many guys deep because Florida's not going to do that. And they're not going to test you too much deep because Florida's not going to do that. And you approach with that. And then you have a middle linebacker there. And you just go, okay, we're going to put a middle linebacker underneath in that little robber role. And we're going to say, hey, if, if you want to throw to the outside consistently, we'll give you that. Personally, I think Florida can get away with that. I do. Like I would expect, I think we'll see this passing attack when we go 12 personnel a lot, and that's going to be a thing. And I know that some people uh, on, on Twitter and even in my own Discord, I believe people used to say it, not so much this year, but people used to say it where they'd go, you got to go 11 personnel, 10 personnel. You, you got to spread it out. You got to go light, force them to go with a light box and then run the ball. I, I don't think that you're going to get that anyway. But also Florida's most efficient offense has been operating out of 12 personnel. So for me, I'm expecting to see Hayden Hansen in pass protection a lot this week, which he is generally in pass protection a good deal of time, about 30 to 40% of his snaps, uh, at least in recent weeks, because they've kicked it up a bit. I'm expecting him to be in pass protection a good deal. This could be like the South Carolina game where he's moving around because I noted it in the South Carolina game. We talked about it on the show in the South Carolina game where based on how some defenses will play Florida, 
he might be dropping between the right guard and right tackle in pass pro instead of just helping at right tackle. He might be going anywhere, but I think that you'll see Hayden in pass protection more this week for two reasons. One, he is not like an, like an incredible route runner. That's not his, that's not his game. Okay. Like the way that he's effective in the passing game is sneaking through defense, just being not accounted for because he's thought of as a blocker. Hell of a role to play too. Quite a few guys have had that role in the NFL and it works out pretty consistently. But I think that he, he's going to be there in pass pro a lot to help out there. Cause I, again, if they're playing man coverage a lot, he's not going to shake guys like that. If they do have a defender underneath in zone, he's what going to just run into the zone. No, he would have to go out breaking, which he can do, but will Graham have time to throw it? I don't know. But I think if you keep Hayden in the pass protect, then you have more time for Graham Mertz to look and hit Ricky Pearsall on an inbreaker or, or like that crosser that he runs. It's, I don't know what it is. Ricky's so damn good at running the crosser specifically or a, a corner or something where you go, okay, give Graham time, let him attack the secondary. They're playing man coverage. They can't hold up forever. So I think that's going to be an approach that we see. Attack the secondary, expect Hayden to be in pass pro, and expect Hayden to be there, again, lining up all over, or maybe lining up at just tight end, but moving all over post-snap like the South Carolina game. It's time to talk about the last thing that we need to talk about, which is, I think, winning the turnover battle for me is is – the next big thing before I talk about that, let me tell you guys about prize picks. And it's been the best way for me to make money playing daily fantasy sports this year. If you've got skills, you can turn 10 bucks into $250 with a few easy taps and research. That's an important part too. It's simple and easy to play with quick withdrawals, which is fun, but it's what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. I usually tell you guys, Oh, I did this earlier this week and, and it cashed or didn't cash. I'm telling you guys what I'm doing this week. I, I usually don't dabble too much in college, but I'm doing it. This weekend, I've got Ricky Pearsall to have more than 76 and a half receiving yards. think he could do it. He's pretty damn good. I've got Deacon Hill, Iowa's quarterback against Northwestern, less than one interception or less than 0.5 interceptions. I think he can do it. Deacon Hill doesn't turn the ball over much. Northwestern has six turnovers, has six takeaways on the year, or six interceptions on the year. Three of them came against UTEP in like week two. They haven't been great at that. And Jaden Daniels, more than 350 and a half passing plus rushing yards. He's hit that in almost game, almost every game this year. He didn't against Army because, well, guess what? He didn't have to do much against Army. Go to prizefix.com slash college and use code college for your first deposit match up to $100. Remember that PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again. Bringing Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free. Wherever this is the podcast. Also, a reminder, like I mentioned earlier, tonight I will be with 
Florida Victorious, or I will be attending the Florida Victorious event, Operation Diamond Deck. Go sign up if you're a Florida Victorious member. It's free. If you're not, save 20% of your first month using promo code LOCKED. Do that. Just saying. Just saying. Save some money. Get to go to the event. We're going to have baseball players there, women's and men's basketball players there, softball players there too. It's going to be a good time. All right? Just, just know that. It's going to be a really good time. But now, the last thing that we have to talk about is Florida. I, I always say win the turnover battle. And as in, not that I say it every week, as in whenever I say win the turnover battle, I say win the turnover battle. Perhaps a better way to say it would be don't lose the turnover battle. Neither of these teams are built to play from behind. Neither of these offenses are built to play from behind. And I know that I've said that before about the Florida Gators offense. And I've even said, hey, that South Carolina game, they might have proved me wrong a little bit. And that that's fair. However, Arkansas's defense, even though Florida matches up well schematically against them, Arkansas's defense is significantly better than South Carolina's, in my opinion. And I, I don't care about like the stats. I, I'm pretty sure Arkansas does have better stats considerably, but I don't even care about that. I'm just telling you straight up, cut the film. Arkansas's defense is better. So when you look at Florida coming down 10 and then winning against South Carolina, a comeback will be much harder against Arkansas. And yeah, you can go, oh, well, at least we'll have the home crowd on our side and all that stuff. I don't care. Arkansas's defense is better than South Carolina's. So Florida, not built to come from behind, especially in this game. Arkansas, I don't fully know what your offense is going to look like. Arkansas, you don't fully know what your offense is going to look like. But I think what we all know is that to this point in the year, Arkansas's offense has not been good. I, I don't think anybody's going to argue that. They haven't been good. A big part of that is the offensive line. When your offensive line is bad, your offense is bad. Like, like I don't know how many times we have to tell you that games and championships are won and lost in the trenches. I feel like that's a thing that we just say every single week. We go, yep, yeah, you, you win and lose in the trenches. Arkansas's offensive line is bad. Florida's offensive line is bad. Neither of those teams are built to run effectively this year, and neither of those teams are built to throw themselves back into games this year. It's just not what's going to happen. However, we can look at the defensive side of the ball, and we can say, hey, Florida, you have not forced many turnovers. And that's not me trying to be like a jerk about anything. Um, I understand that I've said like, hey, like, you know, they're bad at getting picks and they just don't make a play on the ball, even when you do force them to throw it up. As good as Florida's pass rush has been at times, even though, yes, I get it, they don't finish the sack. They haven't really had many strip sacks, have they? The answer is no, by the way. <laughs> Florida averages half a takeaway per game. Half a takeaway per game. Okay? Half. <laughs> Point 0.5. One over two. That's it. They're not they're not forcing many takeaways, right? And and we know that. You watch the game and you see them. You watch the the clip, uh, I forgot who posted it, but it was Carson Beck throwing the inbreaker, and Jordan Castell just like falls in front of it and doesn't pick it, and, and it ends up being a great catch and a big play. 
Florida just, I don't know what happens. The second that they have to make a play on the ball, they just can't. It, it's incredibly weird. Arkansas, on the other hand, has been pretty damn good at forcing takeaways. They have. When you look at what Arkansas has done, as again, as far as, just, as far as just forcing turnovers, they've got the third most takeaways in the SEC. They're only behind Auburn and Ole Miss. So, and they, it, it's forcing one and a half takeaways per game. One and a half. Florida's at 0.5, which I mentioned. Second worst in the SEC is 0.9. Almost double what Florida does. That's Texas A&M, by the way. Almost double what Florida does is second worst in the SEC. That's how bad Florida's been at taking the ball away. Turnover differential for Florida isn't great. Uh, I think that more of that goes to just what Florida's defense has been has proven they're incapable of doing as far as taking the ball away. Like I understand wanting to go, oh, like like uh, F- Florida's offense has turned the ball over a few times, and I get it, they have done that. Uh, I'm, I'll pull up the specific numbers for turnover margin now, but like the point remains, this is not a, a offense that turns the ball over frequently if you're florida i, I want to make that one clear as well like this isn't this isn't a turnover prone offense it, it's that the defense doesn't turn the ball over or it doesn't force takeaways they just don't do it you look at turnover margin per game and florida is this is going to be fun florida is 82nd with negative 0.3 it's not great right it's not great but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you're Florida, if you force one takeaway, odds are you don't lose the turnover battle. And that's what I need you to do, not lose that turnover battle. You're not built to play from behind. You can't give them the ball. Simple as that. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We will be back tomorrow with a bonus episode. Brian Smith, we're going to talk recruiting and some of the visits that are taking place this weekend for Florida Gators recruits and targets. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole 9 Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.